0: Section 53 of The Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume 2, by James Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording, All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. To Mr. Robert Levitt, September the 18th. Footnote, Johnson's Birthday. In Prayers and Meditations, page 143, is a prayer which was, he writes, composed at Calais in a sleepless night and used before the morn at Notre Dame. End of footnote seventeen seventy five Calais Sir we are here in France after a very pleasing passage of no more than six hours. I know not when I shall write again, and therefore I write now, though you cannot suppose that I have much to say. You have seen France yourself from this place. We are going to Rouen and from Rouen to Paris, where Mr. Thrale designs to stay about five or six weeks. We have a regular recommendation to the English resident, so we shall not be taken for vagabonds. I think to go one way and return another, for, in square brackets, see, as much as we can. I will try to speak a little French. I tried hitherto, but little, but I spoke sometimes. If I heard better, I suppose I should learn faster. Footnote. While Johnson was in France, he was generally very resolute in speaking Latin. Post London, November twelfth, seventeen seventy-five. Footnote: I am, sir, so your humble servant, Samuel Johnson. To the same, Paris, October twenty-second, seventeen seventy-five. Dear sir, we are still here, commonly very busy in looking about us. We have been to-day out to Versailles. You have seen it, and I shall not describe it. We came yesterday from Fontainebleau, where the court is now. We went to see the king and queen at dinner, and the queen was so impressed by Miss, footnote, Miss Thrail, Boswell, that she sent one of the gentlemen to inquire who she was. I find all true that you have ever told me of Paris. Mr. Thrale is very liberal, and keeps us two coaches, and a very fine table, but I think our cookery very bad. In his journal he records, their meals are gross, post-october the tenth. We may doubt, therefore, Mrs. Piozzi's statement that he said of the French. They have few sentiments, but they express them neatly. They have little in meat, too, but they dress it well. Piozzi's Anecdotes. End footnote. Mrs. Thrale got into a convent of English nuns, and I talked with her through the grate, and am very kindly used by the English Benedictine friars. But upon the whole I cannot make much acquaintance here, and though the churches, palaces, and some private houses are very magnificent, there is no very great pleasure after seeing many in seeing more. At least the pleasure, whatever it be, must sometime have an end, and we are beginning to think when we shall come home. Mister Thrale calculates that, as we left Streatham on the fifteenth of September, we shall see it again about the fifteenth of November. I think I had not been on this side of the sea five days before I found a sensible improvement in my health. I ran a race in the rain this day and beat Baretti. Baretti is a fine fellow and speaks French, I think, quite as well as English. Make my compliments to Mrs. Williams and give my love to Francis, and tell my friends that I am not lost. I am, dear sir, your affectionate, humble, etc., Samuel Johnson. To Dr. Samuel Johnson, Edinburgh, October twenty-fourth, seventeen seventy-five. My dear sir. If I had not been informed that you were at Paris, you should have had a letter from me by the earliest opportunity, announcing the birth of my son on the ninth instant. I have named him Alexander after my father. Boswell wrote to Temple. You know, my dearest friend, of what importance this is to me, of what importance it is to my family of Affleck which you may be well convinced, is my supreme object in this world. Letters of Boswell. Alexander Boswell was killed in a duel in 1822. End of footnote. I now write, as I suppose your fellow traveller, Mr. Thrale, will return to London this week to attend his duty in Parliament, and that you will not stay behind him, I send another parcel of Lord Hales's annals. I have undertaken to solicit you for a favour to him, which he thus requests in a letter to me. I intend soon to give you the life of Robert Bruce, which you will be pleased to transmit to Dr. Johnson. I wish that you could assist me in a fancy which I have taken of getting Dr. Johnson to draw a character of Robert Bruce from the account that I give of that prince. If he finds materials for it in my work, it will be a proof that I have been fortunate in selecting the most striking incidents. I suppose by the life of Robert Bruce, his lordship means that part of his annals which relates the history of that prince, and not a separate work. Shall we have a journey to Paris from you in the winter? you will i hope at any rate be kind enough to give me some account of your french travels very soon for i am very impatient what a different scene have you viewed this autumn from that which you viewed in autumn seventeen seventy three i ever am my dear sir your much obliged and affectionate humble servant james boswell to james boswell esq dear sir I am glad that the young laird is born, and an end, as I hope, put to the only difference that you could ever have with Mrs. Boswell. Footnote. This alludes to my old feudal principle of preferring male to female succession. Boswell. Footnote. I know that she does not love me, but I intend to persist in wishing her well till I get the better of her. Paris is indeed a place very different from the Hebrides, but it is to a hasty traveller not so fertile of novelty, nor affords so many opportunities of remark. I cannot pretend to tell the public anything of a place better known to many of my readers than to myself. We can talk of it when we meet. I shall go next week to Streatham, From whence i propose to send a parcel of the history every post concerning the character of bruce i can only say that i do not see any great reason for writing it but i shall not easily deny what lord Hales and you concur in desiring i have been remarkably healthy all the journey and i hope you and your family have known only that trouble and danger which has so happily terminated. Among all the congratulations that you may receive, I hope you believe none more warm or sincere than those of, dear sir, your most affectionate Samuel Johnson, November the 16th, 1775. Footnote. He wrote to Dr Taylor on the same day, I came last Tuesday from France. Is not mine a kind of life turned upside down? fixed to a spot when i was young and roving the world when others are contriving to sit still i am wholly unsettled i am a kind of ship with a wide sail and without an anchor notes and queries and a footnote. to mrs lucy porter in lichfield there can be no doubt that many years previous to seventeen seventy five he corresponded with this lady who was his stepdaughter but none of his earlier letters to her have been preserved boswell many of these earlier letters were printed by malone and croker in later editions end of footnote dear madam this week i came home from paris i have brought you a little box which i thought pretty but i know not whether it is properly a snuff box or a box for some other use I will send it when I can find an opportunity. I have been through the whole journey remarkably well. My fellow travellers were the same whom you saw at Lichfield, footnote, when on their way to Wales, July the 7th, 1774, and a footnote. Only we took Baretti with us. Paris is not so fine a place as you would expect. The palaces and churches, however, are very splendid and magnificent and what would please you there are many very fine pictures but i do not think their way of life commodious or pleasant footnote. smollett wrote travels notwithstanding the gay disposition of the french the houses are all gloomy after all it is in england only where we must look for cheerful apartments gay furniture neatness and convenience end of footnote let me know how your health has been all this while i hope the fine summer has given you strength sufficient to encounter the winter make my compliments to all my friends and if your fingers will let you write to me or let your maid write if it be troublesome to you i am dear madam your most affectionate humble servant samuel johnson november the sixteenth seventeen seventy five to the same dear madam Some weeks ago I wrote to tell you that I was just come home from a ramble, and hoped that I should have heard from you. I am afraid winter has laid hold on your fingers and hinders you from writing. However, let somebody write if you cannot, and tell me how you do and a little of what has happened at Litchfield among our friends. I hope you are all well. When I was in France, I thought myself growing young but I am afraid that cold weather will take part of my new vigour from me. Let us, however, take care of ourselves and lose no part of our health by negligence. I never knew whether you received the commentary on the New Testament and the travels and the glasses. Do, my dear love, write to me and do not let us forget each other. This is the season of good wishes, and I wish you all good. I have not lately seen Mr. Porter, nor heard of him. Is he with you? Footnote Son of Mrs. Johnson by her first husband, Boswell, and a footnote. Be pleased to make my compliments to Mrs. ady and Mrs. Cobb and all my friends, and when I can do any good, let me know. I am, dear madam, yours most affectionately, Samuel Johnson. December, 1775. It is to be regretted that he did not write an account of his travels in France, for he is reported to have once said that he could write the life of a broomstick. Footnote. The gentleman said, Surely that Vanessa must be an extraordinary woman that could inspire the dean to write so finely upon her, mrs johnson in square brackets stella smiled and answered that she thought that point not quite so clear for it was well known the dean could write finely upon a broomstick johnson's works volume eight page two ten so notwithstanding so many former travellers have exhausted almost every subject for remark in that great kingdom His very accurate observation and peculiar vigour of thought and illustration would have produced a valuable work. During his visit to it, which lasted but about two months, he wrote notes or minutes of what he saw. He promised to show me them, but I neglected to put him in mind of it, and the greatest part of them has been lost or perhaps destroyed in a precipitate burning of his papers a few days before his death, which must ever be lamented. One small paper-book, however, entitled France 2, has been preserved, and is in my possession. It is a diurnal register of his life and observations, from the 10th of October to the 4th of November inclusive, being 26 days, and shows an extraordinary attention to various minute particulars. Being the only memorial of this tour that remains, My readers, I am confident, will peruse it with pleasure, though his notes are very short and evidently written only to assist his own recollection. October the 10th, Tuesday, we saw the École Militaire, in which 150 young boys are educated for the army. They have arms of different sizes according to the age, flints of wood, The building is very large, but nothing fine except the council room. The French have large squares in the windows. They make good iron palisades. Their meals are gross. We visited the observatory, a large building of a great height. The upper storeys of the parapet very large, but not cramped with iron. The flat on the top is very extensive, but on the insulated part there is no parapet. Though it was broad enough, I did not care to go upon it. Maps were printing in one of the rooms. We walked to a small convent of the Fathers of the Oratory. In the reading-desk of the refectory lay The Lives of the Saints. October 11th, Wednesday. We went to see the Hotel de Chatelet, a house not very large but very elegant. Footnote: Horace Walpole wrote from Paris this autumn. I have not yet had time to visit the Hotel de Chatelet. Letters. On July the thirty-first, seventeen eighty-nine, writing of the violence of the mob, he says, "The Hotel de Duc de Chatelet, lately built and superb, has been assaulted." and the furniture sold by auction a bit, end of footnote. one of the rooms was gilt to a degree that i never saw before the upper part for servants and their masters was pretty thence we went to mr monville's a house divided into small apartments furnished with effeminate and minute elegance porphyry thence we went to st rock's church which is very large the lower part of the pillars incrusted with marble three chapels behind the high altar the last a mass of low arches altars i believe all round we passed through place de vendome a fine square about as big as hanover square inhabited by the high families Louis the fourteenth on horseback in the middle monvie is the son of a farmer-general in the house of chatois is a room furnished with japan fitted up in europe we dined with bocage the marquis blanchetti and his lady the sweetmeats taken by the marchioness blanchetti after observing that they were dear Mr. Leroy, Count Manucci, the Abbe, the Prior, footnote, the Prior of the Convent of the Benedictines, where Johnson had a cell appropriated to him, end footnote, and Father Wilson, who stayed with me till I took him home in the coach. Battiani is gone. The French have no laws for the maintenance of their poor. Monk not necessarily a priest. Benedictines rise at four, are at church an hour and a half, at church again half an hour before, half an hour after dinner, and again from half an hour after seven to eight. They may sleep eight hours. Bodily labour wanted in monasteries. The poor taken to hospitals and miserably kept. Monks in the convent, fifteen. Accounted poor. October the twelfth, Thursday. We went to the Gobelin. Tapestry makes a good picture. Imitates flesh, exactly. One piece with a gold ground. The birds not exactly coloured. Thence we went to the king's cabinet. Very neat. Not perhaps perfect gold ore candles of the candle-tree seeds woods thence to gagne's house where i saw rooms nine furnished with a profusion of wealth and elegance which i never had seen before vases pictures the dragon china, the lustre said to be of crystal and to have cost three thousand five hundred livres the whole furniture said to have cost one hundred twenty-five thousand livres Damask hangings covered with pictures. Porphyry. This house struck me. Then we waited on the ladies to Monvise. Captain Irwin with us. Footnote: The rest of this paragraph appears to be a minute of what was told by Captain Irwin. Boswell. End of footnote. Spain. County towns all beggars. A Dijon he could not find the way to Orleans crossroads of France very bad five soldiers women soldiers escaped the colonel would not lose five men for the death of one woman the magistrate cannot seize a soldier but by the colonel's permission good inn at Nîmes moors of Barbary fond of Englishmen Gibraltar eminently healthy it has beef from Barbary. There is a large garden. Soldiers sometimes fall from the rock. october thirteenth, Friday. I stayed at home all day, only went to find the prior who was not at home. I read something in Canus Neck Admiro Neck Multum Lado Melchior Canus, the celebrated spanish dominican who died at toledo in fifteen sixty he wrote a treatise de Locis teologis in twelve books possible in footnote october the fourteenth saturday we went to the house of mr archenson which was almost wainscotted with looking-glasses and covered with gold the ladies' closet wainscoted with large squares of glass over painted paper. They always place mirrors to reflect their rooms. Then we went to Julien's, the treasurer of the clergy. Thirty thousand livres a year. The house has no very large room, but is set with mirrors and covered with gold. Books of wood here, and in another library at d s footnote da chansons Croker and footnote. I looked into the books in the lady's closet and, in contempt, showed them to Mr. T, Prince Titi, Bibliothèque des Fees and other books footnote. See Macaulay's essays and Mr. Croker's answer in his note on this passage, his notion that this book was exhibited purposely on the lady's table, in the expectation that her English visitors would think it a literary curiosity. Seems absurd. He does not choose to remember the Bibliothèque des Fées and other books. Since I wrote this note, Mister Napier has published an edition of Boswell, in which this question is carefully examined. He sides with Macaulay. End of footnote. She was offended and shut up, as we heard afterwards her apartment. Then we went to Julien Leroy, the king's watchmaker, a man of character in his business, who showed a small clock made to find the longitude a decent man Footnote. si quelque invention peut supplier à la connaissance qui nous est refusée de longitude sur la mer. C'est du plus habile horloger de France, Monsieur le Roi, qui dispute cette invention à l'Angleterre. Voltaire, siècle de a XV. Afterwards, we saw the Palais Marchand. Footnote. The Palais Marchand was properly only the stalls which were placed along some of the galleries of the Palais. They had been all swept away in Louis-Philippe's restoration of the Palais. Croker, in footnote. And the courts of justice, civil and criminal, queries on the sellette Petit siège de bois, sur lequel on faisait asseoir pour les interroger ceux qui étaient accusés d'un délit, pour en faire encourir une peine afflictive. This building has the old Gothic passages and a great appearance of antiquity three hundred prisoners sometimes in the jail footnote the conciergerie before long to be crowded with the victims of the revolution End of footnote. much disturbed hope no ill will be footnote this passage which so many think superstitious reminds me of archbishop lord's diary Boswell. Lord, for instance, on October 27th, 1640, records, In my upper study hung my picture taken by the life, and coming in, I found it fallen down upon the face and lying on the floor, the string being broken by which it was hanged against the wall. I am almost every day threatened with my ruin in Parliament. God grant this be no omen. Perhaps there was nothing superstitious in Johnson's entry. He may have felt ill in mind or body, and dreaded to become worse. End of footnote. In the afternoon I visited Mr. Freron, the journalist. Footnote. For a brief account of Freron, father and son, see Carlyle's French Revolution. End of footnote. He spoke Latin very scantily, but seemed to understand me his house not splendid but of commodious size his family wife son and daughter not elevated but decent i was pleased with my reception he is to translate my books which i am to send him with notes end of section fifty three